everyone to Jones of Women in My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Nicole and Mama K. Hey, everybody. And tonight we are doing Cassandro, 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 on Amazon Prime now is this new 2023 film. Uh, Baba Kay, I believe I put this on the list and you actually said, oh, I, I had heard something about that. I'm like, ah, oh, nice. Usually no one does. So did you, did you know anything <laughs> about this going in? Yeah, I was getting ready to watch it because it looked, uh, looked interesting. It came up on my, you might like this kind of situation. And, uh. I, yeah, it was intriguing to me. So I was going to watch it, whether we were going to talk about it or not. Hmm. Well, that is good because I was, I was in the time period. I was like, we need a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh, here's this made the cut of under two hours, high uh, critical <laughs> scores of like, this will be nice, easy to slide on through and it'll it should pass through with uh, flying colors. So this is what Cassandra is about. Saul, our, Armendarez is a homosexual amateur wrestler from El Paso, Texas, rising to international stardom when he creates the character Cassandro, the Liberace of Lucha Libre. He upends not just the macho wrestling world, but also his own life. This has a mm. 91% on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics, 77 with the audience, 6.4 on IMDb. And uh, any other important notes in it? It stars Gail Garcia Bernal, who uh nicole we had we he was in one of our favorite movies old uh he was the <laughs> oh no father, not old i, I guess <laughs> Is, like the main father he, i didn't even recognize him as that yeah well i everyone in that movie i've kind of tried i've forgotten that was part of their career i kind of like just carved it all out and like that's its own thing uh he was like yeah. also the voice in the uh, coco of um of the uncle um or the, the the father. I don't know. I don't want to spoil. Uh, he's in Coco. Anyway, uh, and don't spoil Coco. Well, yeah, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen Coco, you should. Not Coco. Excellent. Uh, Cassandra, if you haven't seen it, we're going to spoil it here now. It's on Amazon Prime. I gave you all the stuff. So yes, we're gonna, that's your warning. Uh, it's the early 1980s, and uh, this gay wrestler Saul is living in El Paso, and he crosses the border regularly to participate in Lucha Libre wrestling and he wrestles as El Tapo uh, and he's you know a smaller guy so he's mostly just like a jobber who gets squashed like like he goes out there and he wrestles uh, this big guy uh, Gigantico is that his name or uh... you're gonna you're gonna use wrestling lingo that we're gonna have to get caught up on huh uh, I mean okay. he's, a, said he's something a, yeah topper I mean that gets squashed <laughs> He's what? a jobber that gets squashed. Okay, he's a he's jobber a, that gets squashed. He's a jobber <laughs> that gets squashed. Let me, yeah, for those who have not uh, heard a lot of wrestling in their day, a jobber is someone who is low on the card, which is the, uh, oh, go, oh lord. The card is, okay, he is a person who is uh, not high up on the totem pole and loses matches frequently because they are planned because of his small stature. Uh, and he, so he's a gay man he wants to reinvent himself uh one day and he gets the idea uh from uh like a telemundo thing he's watching uh yeah a, a, cassandra. A, this character cassandra he's gonna be cassandro who is this like uh gorgeous george-esque uh flamboyant mm. character 
again, do, doing wrestling deep pulls here, but he's a, he, he's a, uh, what, what do they call them? An exotico, uh, an exotico, right. uh, lucha wrestler. And they are typically also do not win matches. They typically go out there and are kind of the butt of jokes and get defeated, but he has such a good charisma so that he starts to win crowds over. And when he wins crowds over, he actually is able to win because I guess, in this, like, again, it's planned, but, like, if you become popular, the people are like, oh, we got to have the popular people win. So he becomes popular, he starts winning, and it's this is about his climb towards the top, his relationship with his mother, his lover, his trainer, uh, his estranged father, uh, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. And it's uh, he's got some struggles on the way, but it's his climb towards wrestling. What's the big guy on top? Uh, DeSanto. This this he's like a real wrestler, I guess. So and plays himself. So very exciting. Cassandro, crazy. Mama K, what you think? Cassandro, I see. I think the one of the reasons I wanted to watch this is because I saw that it was starring Gael Garcia Bernal, and I love him. He's in one of my favorite. Spanish-speaking movies of all time, Y Tu Mama Tampien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have not watched that, that is critical. You should watch that. Um, but he hasn't... Like, he does things like old, you know? He never <laughs> crossed over. In, I know. It's sad. I think he's probably... And, and, I mean, Coco, that's great and all, but do, does anybody really, you know... He probably doesn't no. get recognized in the street as uh, the guy from Coco. A voice actor. I, I love that Coco. movie, and I had to look that up, and I've seen him in many movies. So. Yeah, so this was, and this is kind of fun. You you guys watched wrestling when you were younger, and even probably now. And I know, yes, now, because you guys just went to some wrestling thing. like within the Raw last 30th months. anniversary, baby. We were there. <laughs> exactly that. Um, Sister. And, yeah. you know. Not, not Mexican wrestling, though. No. No, not Mexico. Although no. the Mysterios were there, I believe, if I remember correctly. Or... Right, and they wear masks, right? Well, not not they the do. son. Dominic the doesn't. Does. Ray, Ray does, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and Nacho Libre was big when you guys were growing up. There was a lot of yelling in the house of just Nacho, you know, for no reason <laughs> whatsoever. Um, so this was, yeah, this was intriguing to me. Um, and I didn't realize, I watched the movie, didn't realize that it was based on a true story. So this was a real person who, who went through these things. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, there's, you have to fictionalize it so that we can, that it's a palpable less than two hour show. But I mentioned um, that up top, right? I don't remember if I did, but yes, this is a real person. This is based, this is a biopic. This is not like a fictional story. I, I don't know if I said that, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was interesting to see that, that this was part, I didn't know that this was part of, like, early Mexican wrestling, having the Exoticos, and um, how this character, how Saul, how Cassandro, was almost, uh, like, immune to, you know, he would go out there and people would yell terrible things at him, and um, some of the some of the the things the words i would recognize and the words they would show on the screen were not the same words but they were all equally bad um and i was just like this is really interesting that you know a lot of exoticos apparently weren't gay but to have to be gay and to be out there as this exotico you know flamboyant person and just be completely yelled at all these things just it was that was really hard for me to actually 
to actually watch. So I had to get past that to get through this movie. I stopped watching it and had to pick it up again, honestly, mm. because of that. So, wow. um, so you know, things seemed to work out well. So I was glad for that. But um, yeah, I I liked this movie. I liked seeing Gael Garcia Bernal again doing something that I really liked and not just being a voice or something in a movie I didn't see called Old. Um, yeah. Nicole, following that up? Um, yeah, I... Uh, I'm sorry. I have to I have to answer something real quick. I'm really sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you had a thing That's come right. up. It's, it's... All right. Um, okay. Uh, I was enjoying the beginning of this movie i didn't know that this was based on a real person i i didn't hear anything about this i've kind of been disconnected with things that are out right now in in the movie world so i haven't heard about this but um i was enjoying it in the beginning um i was i think we were confused on where this was set too i didn't realize this was in the u.s for i a was bit. too <laughs> yeah I we, was we very both confused about that okay good so i was like we were, we were all weren't the only ones we were like i was like is that this is u.s and you're like this is no this is well, yeah because <laughs> it, it came into they question saying, for me it, they kept saying el paso and i was like is there an el paso mexico that i don't know about right this? right and there probably is but i was i was brought into question for me like when they were at the the coffee shop and everything was written in english and i'm like that's really weird like that's a that's a that's a bad mistake to make if you're making the movie in, about mexico right and then i'm like oh well everyone's wait also speaking english so it has uh, they, to be they left the diner i looked at the cars so i'm like wait a minute i think they are in the because i wasn't even thinking about it i'm like i guess they're in the Mexico. No, are they in the U.S.? I was like, I, I was really a Texas yeah. plate. Finally, there was a Texas license plate, and we were like, okay, yeah. this is in Texas. So, yeah. um, but yeah, besides that confusion, I was I was enjoying the the beginning of this, seeing this guy's um hardships that he's dealt with uh, with his family, and um, you know, his his mother who is just I guess trying her best, but still on on edge about his lifestyle. Um, you know, seeing her sadness about not having the full family anymore because of how his father feels, you know, that was upsetting to see, but they were making the best of it and, and all that. So I enjoyed that. Um, I, I didn't mind the training scenes where he finds his new friend who is helping him train. Um, but there became a point where I was about to turn to Brennan and say, can we take a break from this? <laughs> mm, funny. I felt the same exact way. I'm like, we need to take a, a minute because it's getting so um, long and, and overdone with the same stuff in, in really long scenes. Um, so I, I was kind of trailing off a little bit at the like three quarter mark. Um, I, again not knowing that this is based on a true story uh thought that there was going to be something more sinister happen at throughout <laughs> yeah. this yeah, yeah. You did. i forgot me yeah. too um, <laughs> i i did too 
Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised to hear that that uh, and and to see that that did not happen. <laughs> um, right. Nope. <laughs> but a lot of allusion allusion to that, you know. So I was I was like, wow, this is going to get dark in a minute, and I felt that way for a good forty minutes or so. Um, from the time that we meet the promoter on, I'm like, what is going to yeah. happen here? So, um, yeah, that didn't happen, thankfully. So that was good. Um, but yeah, interesting, uh, interesting person to create a, uh, a film about. So that was something that I, I don't think ever crossed my mind. Um, and yeah, I mean, all, all in all, I did enjoy it, but yeah, there was this What's one po- one part in time that just happened? I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm done with this right now. <laughs> like, how many times can we do the same thing in a movie? But hey, that's that's what it was, right? Well, maybe this matches part. Yeah, and that might be part of the reason why I got like uh, agitated with it too. Is that I did have a really big sense of foreboding, and it just sort of kept amping up, amping up. Because you're right, you kept seeing the same kind of things over and over. He'd go to a match, people would yell at him, it would be awful. Uh, and then he would then like the the more grand he became, the seedier the people were that he was dealing with. And I just thought this is going to end badly for this dude. And I think I just got a little like overwhelmed with that and was like, I need a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I'm a, I'm a little lukewarm on this. I don't I didn't love this as much as I thought I was going to. It was kind of yeah. it was kind of dull, like. After I didn't know about this guy in real life, I figured he was real just based on like the way it was setting up. It didn't. This isn't how you would tell a fiction, totally fictional person, I wouldn't think. And then I was reading about him afterwards, and more I read about him after, I'm like, this guy sounds kind of interesting. I want to watch some of his matches. And I'm like, I felt that way after reading on my own about him, but I did not feel that way like because of the movie making me feel that way. I guess like the movie, right. I like what I. There's something about the portrayal of his rise and it, the the events in the order and the timing and everything, just the flow of just the movie flow, movie flow that it just felt like the obstacles were so soft. Like I, I felt like it should like, despite the slurs being yelled and the father not being there and the, and the, I mean, we're getting more spoilers. The, the mother figured the mother, the literal mother dying. I, I, at no point do I, was I feeling a sharp, hardshipy pain feeling? They really brushed over that. It whole always scenario. Fe- yeah. It always just felt like he was constantly rising, no matter what. Like at no point did I feel like he actually stumbled. It it felt like a like he just pushed through with a- almost like again not, not effortlessly, but it felt like that with the movie. Like the movie didn't make me feel like the struggles were weighing him down he fe- it felt like he would it was inevitable that he was gonna always go up and like maybe it was the selling in the matches like in the matches where at the beginning he goes out and they're booing him and then by the end of the match they're they're Cassandra and I'm just that's yeah t- that's really tough yeah. to kind of buy and like I don't know how it happened I don't know I wasn't in the room with these <laughs> 50 people in the in small little dinky wrestling promotion and then you know you do a couple of those every couple of Saturdays and Thursdays and whatever and you build a following I know it happens over time it's not like one day everyone's booing him and calling him slurs and the next day everyone's Cassandra it's not one match but that's how it's shown in the movie and so it feels false and flat and like what is it three matches and he's wrestling the champion and then in the middle of the championship match he does something crazy and everyone's like 
actually loves him for it and i'm sure and i'm sure in real life that's probably some way that that's true and that's how it happened but the way the movie told me it did not sell me on that being like plausible and like i don't know it just it felt a little fake fake tv movie glossy to me unfortunately like the character interesting but um i don't know about the execution here mm-hmm. i agree with you on that because because I think a lot of times I kept waiting for that moment to happen where something um, where he was going to have like an insurmountable obstacle thrown in his way. And yeah. it really never happened. There were so many times it could have happened uh, up to the point where he was getting, I think he was getting ready for the big fight. It was the night before the big fight and he went out and he wasn't supposed to go out and he goes to a club and he winds up, you know, almost hooking up with this guy. And I th- and I felt like even at that point, I was like, okay, this is the point where this something's going to happen and this guy's going to beat the shit out of him. And, you know, yeah, I was like, is something- this so the, this is the is this consequences or like, is this um, society hurting him because of who he is? Like movie, are you telling me something? But no, nothing really happens, does it? Like, <laughs> like he just goes like, is, is there consequences? Yeah, there's not really. And he doesn't have like, I mean going back to what Nicole was saying about the mom that it was, you know, sort of her death was glossed, glossed over or whatever. She, to me, she was almost like the most horrible person in this film. She was the mom, not, not as an, not as an actor, but that character of the, somebody you have a, you know, a, a grown son who's living with you fine but you're still all you're talking about is the dad that got away and how you've been wronged by this person and this is how this boy has grown up his whole life like that's been her whole mantra the whole time and it's just it makes me mad that that's that she was selfish like that as she was very selfish and she coddled him to however old he is supposed to be in this movie and it felt very sad for him probably felt like he couldn't disappear anywhere because his mother made it so clear to him that that he's in a wrong lifestyle and don't you remember what happened to this other gay boy that people know and you have to stay here and and be with me because i'll protect you but meanwhile you know he's taking care of her that's probably why he was there but we don't know. I mean, she, she's doing laundry for people. That's what she does. But he doesn't really do anything. Like, he has no... I feel like he has no means to support himself if he was not living And then I'm, I'm confused, too, because at the end, after he starts making all this money, he's like, I was doing this for me and my mom. I was going to buy this house, and it's sold yeah. now. They Was that ever brought up before that? Because that just felt like it was thrown in there i don't know it felt not yeah they went into on. the house and went into the swimming pool of the house and swam in the oh, pool. oh yeah it. that's that was my disassociation time uh, but i agree with <laughs> you, you Nicole. This is, i had this feeling too when watching i feel like i'm kind of sleepwalking through some of these scenes like mm-hmm. i'm just kind of like the if I was like, maybe if I felt like my character was in danger and he had, and like, or there was some, some more obstacle in his way. And that's another thing, like, the, with the character, like, his, he never seems, the, the, the character never seems like, like, the conflict is within himself. It's always with, like, things around him for him to overcome and, like, challenges to, to beat. But it's not like he arcs or changes, really. He just kind of, like, he, his arc was almost like just like the very first 15 minutes he goes from being 
the little guy, the little guy to this right. flamboyant, larger than life personality, and that's what make that's what makes him catch fire. And on his catch fire time is when we're supposed to be. That's like the supposed to be the meat of the movie. Where like maybe we got good montagey things. I'm just spitballing. I mean, not suggesting anything. <laughs> Montages are they work sometimes. The I will say that if we're, I will do some positives here. The that musical uh, score, that mo- that light motif that they chose, I did like the. The one they use at the beginning to lead into the very intro, the Cassandra with like the big like like heavy metal the uh, bold oh, type yeah, yeah, text, yeah. and they use that same music throughout. I do like uh, that sting. So there's the, and like some of there's some transitional scene camera work, kind of like what I was saying in our Haunting of Venice review not too long ago. Like some of the establishing mm-hmm. stuff is like you know, kind of slick. And I really like that, like in between filmmaking, but then again, the important stuff when it's like characters, like there's a love story in this. There's a big whole love story in this. I don't know about you guys. Not the most chemistry for me. I mean, they definitely banged each other. I saw it. (laughs) I watched it happen. And yet I sit here with a, with a, with a medium look on my face. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's what I should be feeling. I think it's the actor's fault. The the love interest. I think he is very bland. We watched him. He, you said in that other movie, Cha Cha yep. Real Smooth. Yep, that's right. He was in Cha Cha Real Smooth. Also, the asshole boyfriend didn't... in that. <laughs> but he, but but he's not really the asshole boyfriend. Kind of like in this, where he's exactly he that. fell right. into an unfortunate position where that's the type of role he plays, and I think that he looks that way. So people are like, oh yeah, you can play the the. Um, Poor guy. Bad guy with, with bad intentions, but not really type of thing. But he kind of sucks. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> he's stuck in these roles that uh, we don't yeah. like him in. That everyone else, that's that's that they're casting him. But what if he's a, what if he's a perfectly fine gentleman? Poor Raul. Well, he he's probably stop. done some voiceover work that we don't know about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe he's in Coco. He's probably great. I don't know. He's probably in Coco. <laughs> he's great. He's something else that we're not watching this. Uh, there's another uh, moderately famous person in this. Uh, villainous Rabbit. Bad Bunny himself is in this as uh, the guy who's like an assistant. And he's like, oh, I had um, no idea that was him. Yeah, because he's pretty not standing out. I thought he was pretty good in Bullet yeah. Train when I saw him in his gimmick part. Although, again, they kind of edited all around him to make it look all cool. So now that I'm looking back on that, clearly, maybe Bad Bunny yeah. should stick with wrestling, which I actually think he's very good at, <laughs> uh, and not acting, which I think he has kind of not shown out yet. Bad Bunny's a wrestler? Yeah, he's, yeah. He, we, he's, and that's good. He's in this movie, it's a wrestling movie. He could have wrestled. Like, I mean, I don't like he's, I know he's a rapper singer. Yeah, why didn't but, like, he wrestle then? He's a good wrestler. I've seen, like, he was at WrestleMania. I think he was in, he, I don't know if he was in a Royal Rumble or not, but he was in another, like, big event match. And he, like, he put the work in. He's got good Hurricane Ranas. Like, he can move off the top rope. He, he looks good. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> it's because people can't stay in one thing anymore because once they fizzle for, uh, like a month, they're like, oh, on to the new thing. Just like I the, guess. uh, the um, what's it, what are those brothers? Which brothers? The one, the ones that are wrestling now. Oh, oh the uh, the YouTubers, uh, Logan Paul. Lo- yeah, the Logan. Paul. Oh no! Again, like their, I haven't seen them their wrestle. YouTube's though. fizzled out, so they had to turn to wrestling and and <laughs> MMA. I don't know if they fizzled. Is out. that I'm what sure happens? They're still making money. Like I'm sure they're still. I'm sure their brand is fine. Like I, I don't think they're hurting per se. If you're in the WWE, I wouldn't uh, call that. You know. I'm pretty sure when I retire, I'm probably going to take up wrestling as well. So. Ooh, what's your name? Yeah. It's never too late. I don't. I don't know what. I have no idea. I haven't thought about it enough yet. K. Sandra. 
Case, Mama Cassandra. <laughs> That's probably not going to be my name. It's a mix-up of me and my sister's name. It's probably not going to work. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> it is wild that the guy who played the, what's his name, Santo, played himself. And that was like, what is that, 30 years, 25 years yes. after the actual, like, looks like he's in pretty good shape. Good for him. Yeah, I that was be- cool. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, and like. That's super accurate, though. Like. That's what happens with wrestlers, right? It's true. I you mean, can wrestle to your until forever. Ric Flair, he's he's retired seven or eight times, and he still wrestles. So I oh, mean, yeah, some of these old bozos come out. I thought he was dead. No, Rick. You always say I thought Ric Flair's dead. I know Ric Flair's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Ric Flair has outlived a, a countless wrestlers that I should have. Well, yeah, be here that unfortunately are yeah. not. Ric Flair is still going, but uh, <laughs> there, I had another wrestling. Are you going to talk about when your brother was like seven and dressed up as the Undertaker for Halloween? Because that's normal. <laughs> no, that's complete. <laughs> complete. The eyeliner was so heavy. The eyeliner. He looked. He looked. So he didn't look like the Undertaker. Like he just like he looked like go- like a gothic child. And like, he looked more like Jack Sparrowish actually because of the eyeliner was so heavy. It didn't look like. Um, I, I saw what he was going for, but no, it wasn't. Really also. That. It was one of those Halloweens where it was cold, so he had on like he had one of those pla- he had a plastic chest that was like a reg like a, a a you know a naked chest that he had written whatever <laughs> you know a stuff dicky? that the Undertaker has on him like tattoos or whatever. Oh but yeah, he, like a fa- yeah, I get what you're saying, like a false a fake a false torso. Yeah. <laughs> A false torso, yeah, but he had to wear so much stuff underneath it that it was like it was like lumpy and like deformed. It was like a loaf of bread. Uh, there's a Tim Robinson sketch. I know you guys don't know who that is, but if people listening to a Tim Robinson sketch, you you know which one I'm talking about. He where he's wearing the suit and it's all puffy. It's probably what him. Uh, it looked terrible. a little bit like that, but there is a pretty there's there's like an epic picture from that night where he definitely looks like he's going to be a murderer as an adult. So. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, think this says a lot about this film that usually we can make it work for thirty minutes or so talking about it. We're 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 done. We're done with it. It's, <laughs> well, there is one thing I want to talk about. At the uh, there's a little bit there's like a thread that runs through here that's like almost like a dream kind of sequence and or not a sequence, but yeah, you're when right. Brennan, yeah, when you're talking about the fact that it seems like everything is sort of glossed over and he doesn't have real trials and you know or he doesn't. It's not that he doesn't have real trials, but he seems to overcome things really There's quickly. There's a sleepwalking it's, quality to this movie. Yeah, and then the big thing at the end where he's in the big match and he gets, you know, he looks like he's running out of the ring and, and, and running away from everything. And then he winds up like some crazy place in the stadium right. and then crowd surfs to back to the ring is like the most weird fever dream freddie mercury that's what i'm just like and people bought it like that's what i'm just like people bought it like i if i'm in the audience and this guy's doing these crazy things i of course i'm going along because i like crazy shit like yeah that's awesome it's just hard for me to believe like this guy was in the heat the big moment right it's the big final match and he's got him in the arm bar honestly like in the match he looks kind of outmatched not just in like oh he's small in that he doesn't look like he can perform in this giant crowd and he's the nerves are getting to him and he's got him in the arm bar too long and the guy's like you're fucking up this move and i'm on the ropes and and he goes and he, he does the zone out thing and 
he does, and you, I thought you were going with the um the, the childhood flashbacks that are woven in here, which uh, which I will say, yeah, that that, that was sort of the first that match too. after his mom died. Yeah, yeah, and that and that they do a lot of hard cuts too with the mom with the mom's death and the the him as a kid and just like all like things kind of butting to to a head here and that's when he runs out of the ring and i'm like oh that was the first moment of the movie i'm like oh the trials and tribulations they're here and then he goes up on the top thing and i'm like oh i'm I'm, I'm thinking like oh what's he gonna what is he gonna do i don't know the real story i nicole is whispering my whole ear this whole time here comes someone with a gun they're gonna shoot him they're gonna shoot his ass because that's what they do (laughs) they're gonna shoot the gay guy sorry i didn't say it so fucking abruptly (laughs) it was you (laughs) Every time there was a, there was a moment that you would be like, "Oh, this is the scene." He's Something's in a big happen. crowd. Someone's gonna come. He's gonna take him out. And uh, anyway, no, he's up on the thing thing, just, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah. is he gonna fall or jump or die?" And he like die. I didn't know what was gonna happen. Yeah. And then he's he's crowd surfing, and everyone loves him. And then the match right. goes on, and he loses. But then the guy is like. Yeah, I lo- I think you were great, actually. And I'm like, what? Am I watching? Like, this is not. This Let doesn't me make shake any your s- hand. This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, this isn't. <laughs> Put get on my shoulders. What kind of <laughs> what kind of overcoming homophobia movie is this? This is so strange. Like, I just don't understand what kind of. Is it possible that they made this story about this guy and? There could have been other people they chose to make this story about with the same kind of thing that would have made it more gritty and watchable, believable, interesting. I don't know. So, so I'm I was thinking that maybe some of this is a dream, but but no. And then when but, he jumps, when he the jumps, real guy, I think he's gonna die. I say, but the real guy, and that's why I looked at the real guy after. I'm like, how did this really play out? But the real guy must have actually gained a following and became because later on he became a world champion in AAA, which is like a big promotion. Like he he became a, right. had a successful career after the big match. You know what but, I'm mad about? To, like looking into this further, the whole rising of him being the Exotico and everything. What, it, what upsets me now thinking about it is that this was the perfect platform to return back to the very beginning of the movie where we saw an Exotico in the ring and he was booed and everything. And why didn't they have him go back and talk to those people and highlight them throughout the whole movie and show this is what they want to do and, and not to worry about people booing at you. That's a good like, point too. This would have just been a perfect platform to bring those exoticos in. Cause at the end we turned it off at the credits, but they're showing other exoticos that uh, have performed. And like, why didn't we highlight those people? What? Well, I think instead of highlighting that they had, they had him come on gigant or not Giganto. What's that guy's name? Santo. Yes. Santo's show and you know, I had a kid in the audience be like, I came out because you came out. And I'm like, this feels so like I, Jerry Springer it was or Joker. It was so, oh Oprah. yeah, we said Joker. And that's what I thought. Oh no, Nicole's right. They are gonna shoot up on the talk show. That's what I meant. <laughs> it's a Joker. <laughs> I was fucking Lucha Joker vibes. Oh no, the the gray guy with the mask no. is like I was I, he's doing a heel turn. <laughs> Oh my god. I know. The shoe never dropped. It really doesn't. He, never. He goes nope. he has dinner with his dad and that's and, and then or, oh. or lunch and then they both just go like uh we we could have been we could have done better. 
yeah, you I could have done you could have done better. And they walk away, and that's like it. There's like nothing. There's, there's nothing. There's no, no there's no conflicts. Well, the thing is, is that yeah. it, there could have been a conflict there if they actually would have written it better. Because for him to be at the end standing up, also he reminded me a little. This is gonna be so weird. Why didn't he play Ken? I mean, I felt like this character yeah. was very he should have been he was like pretty, he was pretty cat-like because will, it was that, like he gave me ken vibes the whole time i was watching it and especially at the end where he's at the diner with his dad and he stands up and he's like i don't need you anymore it felt yeah, very it's him when he's wearing like ken-like. the fur jacket and he's got the headband on that's yes what I, was, I i i will say <laughs> yeah i had like a muscle memory reaction to that i'm like i feel like i just saw something like this but it was a different tone like, <laughs> It was a different tone, but it wasn't dissimilar. Like, it, this movie was not gritty enough to not bring me back to Ken several times while I was watching Part it. of what I didn't like, though, the, like, this, that ending, too, though, with the dad and, like, the whole thing and the whole ride all the way here. And it was another Amazon Prime movie from a couple of years ago that had the similar problem. It was Uncle Frank. Remember what I said about Uncle Frank at the end of Uncle Frank? When it's Steve's on and he's it's the homophobic family and and he's like, uh, yeah, I may not understand that you're gay, but you know what? No problem. I'm I'll just have to live with it. And that's like the big coming to moment. I get that same vibe when it's like, oh, he puts him up yeah. on his shoulders. It's so nice, and the kids like, I, like, and I do, and I do watch it, and I'm like, I kind of fall for it a little bit. The kids like. Uh, I wouldn't have come out, and the dad supports him, and it's kind of good. It really is like, I'm kind of falling for it, but I'm like, it's just a trick. I know it's just a trick, and you haven't really earned it this whole time, because I wasn't feeling it till now, and I know, I know, I know this isn't, this is kind of soft. Maybe they glazed over a lot, because they did fit a lot into less than two hours. I mean, it was his whole everything. Part of the reason we watched know. it, to be fair, well, it was under two hours. We were like, you know what? <laughs> well, I don't, I wouldn't watch more of it, let me be honest with you. Yeah, so... True. It's good. No, it's not the <laughs> because they they weren't going. Yeah, they weren't going to go any other direction than than they chose to go with this. So I don't know. I kind of feel like I still want to say in my head I can make it okay if I think of it as this is really dreamlike. Like it, the whole situation had to have been, you know, so much grittier. Yeah, I'll I'll leave it with like remember what was it thousand and one that you and Jess and I did earlier this year on okay and that also kind of had a dreamlike quality on the ground level. This I was thinking a lot about that too when I was watching this similar to Florida Project and what are the the Sean Baker movies like similar to those but this just felt a little a little just more toothless a little safer a little I don't know. There, there's yeah, something why missing. Are the critic, here. Why are the critics so high on this? What's up? I was with a little that? confused, honestly. I was watching, like I was really looking around, and like it's just maybe yeah. too too. It's just too subtle for me. Maybe like they, there's maybe stuff I'm not picking up on, but I just I I felt a sleepwalky quality through this whole thing, and that was to the mm-hmm. detriment mm-hmm. for sure because this is a flamboyant character. I want. Uh, I want a a something that's like gonna grab my attention a little bit, and the the style that they he went with was yeah, I, not know, like kind of yeah, just he wasn't really flamboyant enough. Like I didn't find him to be as I saw pictures of the real guy later, way more flamboyant looking. Yeah, the real guy than yeah. Ken. Yeah, and then also, so I don't know why they didn't go that. And it's direction. like so, like you're you're doing like if you were to do a those other movies I was comparing it to, Thousand and One and um and Florida Project, those are all grittier movies where like those characters have such shit tribulations to go through. And like 
I don't feel like I saw that. I feel like I saw like the ground level gritty filmmaking look with a glossy sheen, low low stakes, low challenges rise to the top where the challenges may have been real in real life, but they are not portrayed that way here. Right. And again, the real look guy yeah. must have had insane charisma to get over with those crowds. And I just wasn't buying it here, whether it's filmmaking or acting. It's it sounds like we were all a little underwhelmed, but were we whelmed enough? A little underwhelmed. Were we whelmed enough? I don't know. Mama K, do you recommend Cassandra? No, not really. If I think that because the main actors, the reason I saw it, go watch, you know. Itu Mama Tambien. Don't don't watch this. Oh damn! We started so positive, and we've we've come we've come around. Uh, well, it's not it's not. Yeah, I like I I enjoyed the movie. I don't think anybody. I I can't I can't imagine who I would recommend it to. Who's going to be like this is groundbreaking? This you know for any reason actually. So yeah, Nicole. I like the the theme. I like the the, the topic. Yeah. Um, you know that was interesting, but. Uh, no, I don't think so either. I got pretty bored. Yeah, I, I don't recommend this because I, I, we saw a documentary pop up and I didn't click on it and it looked like it was a rent, but like, I feel like there's a better, I don't feel like I learned that much about Cassandra. Like, I don't feel like I know Cassandra the good person. No. I feel like if I watched a tw- like an, an 80 minute documentary, I would be seeing a different person based on like the couple of blurbs I read. And as and I'm like, okay, fine. It doesn't have to be exactly right. It can be if it's an entertaining story on its own, that's fine. But it's not. It's not really an entertaining story on its own. We've mentioned all the myriad of problems that kind of weigh on it as a biopic, and I think it's yeah, it's extremely hamstrung. I think it's a rich, full of interesting topic that could be exceptionally interesting, and that's probably why it was on all of our yes. radars, and also why we're all kind of lukewarm on it because it sounds safe and boring, and it's what. It, we got so um i guess it's no recommends here for cassandro unfortunately so i mm. i'm i'm unf- i've come to the unfortunate conclusion that the streaming movies are kind of bad we've uh we've we've, <laughs> we've, we've done some... a bunch recently yeah we've done a bunch in a row yeah. and they were not good whether they had high rotten tomato scores or not it does, that has not mattered the audience scores the imdbs it has not mattered we did junky crappy Kenneth Branagh haunting in <laughs> Venice, and we were all lukewarm in that, and yet we all liked that. Yeah, we all recommended that. Last... I didn't listen to you and Jess blab about Idris Elba as of this recording, but I'm sure you guys probably liked that more than the movies we've been talking I about. I was just so about to say, if you're going might... to stream, you're going to have to do a TV show. I, I don't like the direction of this, but I do. I want to talk about things that are interesting in quality, so maybe we do. Maybe we stick to theaters for movies. But I'm I'm willing to be flexible. Maybe maybe TV <laughs> if it's good. <gasps> Wait, what? Good we're making quality TV. We are, we're making this. Is maybe I can make some wiggle room to make people happy to make the my uh, co-hosts talk about things they want to talk about, <laughs> and that would be fine. Maybe. Just so you know, we did not spend the whole time talking about Idris Elba. We actually did not. I'm sure we you didn't. Did I'm sure you did not stay on topic at all. all. Not one time. No, I'm sure you didn't, didn't, but that's fine because I just appreciate the, um, <laughs> I just like that you guys are involved. So, yeah. uh, yeah, maybe no more Cassandras, unfortunately. We got, we do have a couple more streaming <laughs> movies on the schedule, don't get me wrong. Me but we, we've got 
it, whatever. It's Oscar season. Stuff's going to turn around. Strikes here. I think. I think we're. I think we're turning a corner. We're on the. We're on the. Mend. I don't know. We're on the up and I don't. Are, are, is Hollywood doing anything right now? Yes, we are. Sorry, we're doing great. Everything is going to be great. We're going to get through all of it, and it's going to be better than it was at the beginning when we we're done. Okay. And if you have anything to recommend to us, <laughs> films with the women in my life on Facebook. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Brennan underscore Podhost, and you can email the show films with the women at gmail dot com. Thanks for being on for Cassandro, guys. Okay. <laughs> Adios. Until next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies. Thank <laughs> you.